they've had broken dreams, broken desires, broken families, and they have not experienced real life or they've lost life. And one thing that we have at Generation Church, we know that we have life. And we have life in abundance. We have lots of life. And we want that life that we have been given. And we want to invest that into the people in our community. But we, won't do, we don't just want to invest life. We want to also invest energy in our community. We want to energize our community. You know, when people don't have life, then suddenly they're not energized to, 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 to make better, better themselves in their life. They're not energized by God. They're not energized by faith. And we have lots of energy. You saw the band, they got lots of energy. And we want to invest that energy into our community, into people who, who need it. And then also we want to invest love. We want to invest love. You know, the most powerful gift that you can give somebody is love. And without love, people are poor and they're very sad. And their lives are very sad. But we have been given the gifts of love by God. And that gift of love that God has given us, we want to invest in our community. So that's what Generation Church is all about. It's all about investing life, energy, and love. And there's only one way we know to do it. And that is through the message of hope found through the life and death of Jesus Christ. So today I want to explain to you just a little bit about what that message is all about. And I want you to leave this place today not thinking, you know, how great the band was, even though they were pretty cool and good not thinking about like the lights or the screen and is it front projection or rear projection and stuff like that or not thinking about the kids area I want you going out of this place today knowing that there is hope in Jesus Christ and that for your life the way that you should live is through that hope through Jesus Christ so if you have your Bibles with you this morning if you want to turn with me to uh, to John chapter 1 uh, sorry John chapter 14 John chapter 14 And this is what it says. John chapter 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have not told you. That I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. So that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way where I am going. Now we don't know, Lord, Thomas says. Then he says, Thomas said, we have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus says this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father, to God, except through me. You know, about 2,000 years ago when the church started, there was, uh, they weren't called Christians. Uh, they were actually called people of the way. And wherever they went, they were like, those are people uh, who are part of that group, the way. It's like some band or something, the way. And, uh, uh, and, and, what they, uh, and, and the reason they were called the way is because they went with this message saying that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Now at the time... 
there were lots of different religions and uh, you go to ancient, ancient Greece, ancient Persia, to Babylon, you go to ancient Egypt, even in Israel there were lots of different religions, lots of different faiths, lots of different ways that people thought that you could get to God. And so when Jesus came and these, and these uh, people who were part of this group called the Way started spreading this word, they said no, there isn't many ways to God, there's just one way to God. And have you heard somebody say that to you? There's many paths to God. Or there's, you know, all paths lead to God. Well, there's kind of some truth in that. Because all paths do lead to God. Because I believe that eventually every one of us will meet God. And every, every, every one of us will see God. In the Bible it tells us that one day we will see God. But there's a whole difference between seeing God and experiencing and connecting with God. And the way that Jesus described was the only way that you could connect and you could experience God. You know, the, the truth is this. The truth is that there's God in lots of things. I see God in nature. I see God when children are playing. I see God at work. I see God when a new baby is born. I see God when families come together, when people love each other, when couples come together. But there's a whole difference between seeing God and experiencing God and knowing God. And Jesus Christ came that you may know God. And it, Jesus said that there's two ways to life. There's a broad way and then there's a narrow way. And the broad way is like full of fun, it's great, it's easy, you can go whatever route you want. And then there's a narrow way. And the narrow way is the way of Jesus. But the difference between the broad way and the narrow way, you look at the narrow way and you think, I don't want to walk down that path. I want to go down the broad way. It's like, I can make money down the broad way. I can have fun down the broad way. But I look at the narrow way and I think, I don't want to go that way. But the thing is, there's only one way that will eventually lead us to connecting and having a relationship with God. And that is not the broad way. That is that narrow way. And even though ourselves, we want to go that broad way, it's only the narrow way that will keep us. You know, when I uh, lived in, uh, in England, I'm originally from England. I moved here about five years ago. And uh, when uh, uh, my, uh, my cousin, who's also my best friend, he, uh, he used to live with us. And he's originally from a place called Haverford West, which is in West Wales. If you don't know where West Wales is, it's like on the furthest west part of uh, the United Kingdom. Like you've got England and you've got this like Wales right by the side. And... Uh, and he's from there, and this, it's this beautiful place. But he lives with us, and uh, he's a bit of a girl, and uh, he's, uh, he really is. He's like, he like exfoliates and stuff like that, and uh, he moisturizes, and he even wears white linen trousers like after Labor Day. I mean, that's just like, no. And uh, don't wear white linen trousers if you're a guy, okay? And uh, he... Uh, he even like gave me like the my wedding like the night before my wedding, and we he was my best man. We we're in a hotel, and he like gave me this face mask. Mask, and he's like your 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 face will radiate in the morning. I'm like, are you kidding me? And the only reason that we stay friends is because he's a scratch golfer and he's really good at golf, and he teaches me how to play, so he's fine. But anyway, we went, uh, and he's happily married, by the way, so you don't have to worry. And uh, he uh, we. 
I was a little stressed. I had uh, I had uh, had a lot going on at work at the time back in England, and uh, and he was a little stressed. So he says, "Hey, why don't we take a week off, and why don't we go to my parents and over to West Wales, and we'll play some golf, we'll go walking, and we'll even go and visit the beach." Now it was March, and March in Wales is kind of cold. I mean, it's you don't even want to get in the water in July or August in Wales. So March, no, 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 like this. But I says, "Okay, we'll we'll, we'll go." And uh, so we played some golf. We went some. We did some walking, and uh, and and kind of it was like a real chillaxing experience. And uh, and then one morning he got up. He says, "Okay, we're going to get up. We got to go early because we're going to go to the most beautiful beach in the world." I'm like, "We going to Hawaii?" And uh, he's like, "No, no, no." And uh, the beach was about 20 minutes from his parents' home. And so we got in the car, and he says, "Like, we're going to do a lot of walking, so you better bring some hiking boots and uh, and wrap up with layers because it was cold." And we we uh, we got in the car. 20 minutes passed, no beach. We went a little further, another 20 minutes, no beach. And I'm like, where's the beach? I thought we were going to the beach. You only live 20 minutes from the beach. He goes, no, 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 we're going to go to the most beautiful beach in the world. I'm like, yeah, sure we are. And so we end up, we get on this road and this long winding road. And I can see just over to my right that, uh, that the, these, these cliffs. I can't see the sea, but I know the sea's there. And, uh, and we're driving along, he says, we're almost there, we're almost there. And, uh, and as we're driving, there's all these little pathways leading out to the sea. And then these parking lots, and there's people parking in the parking lot. They're getting out of the car, and they're walking to, to the sea. Not like a whole lot, because it's March and it's Wales. Not a lot of people go to the beach in March and in Wales. And uh, so, he, 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 yeah, so, so I'm seeing all these cars, and I'm saying, why don't we just park up and go to the sea? You know, I'm like, I've been in the car long enough. And he's like, no, 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 no. We're going to go to the most beautiful beach. You, you'll understand when we get there. And I'm, I'm like, okay. So we go a little further, another 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, we're nearly there. Yeah, you know, like a kid. And he says, we are. We're nearly there. And, uh, and I see more parking lots and more, and, and more pathways. And he sa- I says, well, can't we just stop there? He says, no. He says, because there you'll see the sea. But where we're going, you're going to experience the sea. I'm like, I don't want to experience the sea. It's March and it's cold. And he goes, no, no, no. You don't have to get in the sea to experience the sea. And so suddenly he pulls off and he parks in a parking lot just like all the others. And uh, the difference with this one was the path was just a little narrower. And why I mean narrow, I'm like jungle. I needed a machete to get through it, you know. And, uh, and we park up. We get out of the car. And we start to walk. And this path is like overgrown. I'm suddenly walking. I'm getting branches in my face. You know, thorns are cutting me up and everything. I'm like, like Rambo or something going through the jungle. And, uh, and I'm like, this kind of sucks, you know. And, uh, and uh, he, he is, uh, and he's just looking around. He goes, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this beautiful? I'm like, no, this isn't beautiful. And I'm just looking down, and my mood's getting worse and worse and worse. I'm like, I've come to de-stress, and this is stressing me out. And uh, so I'm walking down, and I don't like it when I don't know where I'm going, you know, and I'm having to follow somebody else. And we walk down this path, and that's all he can say. Isn't this beautiful? Isn't this beautiful? And all I can say, all I could keep on thinking with a thorns that were cutting me and going through these trees and this way was just so hard and so unpleasant and we even crossed over this stream and I got my feet wet which you know made my mood even better and then suddenly we came around the corner and there it was and all honestly you may not believe me or not but but in all honesty this was the most beautiful beach I had ever seen in my life it was about a quarter mile long it was really deep and uh the sand was just totally untrodden. 
It's like nobody had ever been there before. Right in the middle, there was these rocks that came out. On either side, there were huge cliffs on either side. And, where, and they were all rugged where the sea had hit them. And I just looked, and the sea was just crashing in. I mean, it was beautiful. There were sand dunes behind us. And suddenly, my mood changed. Suddenly, I understood what he said. I was experiencing the sea. I was seeing the sea for all it was. And we stayed there about two hours, and uh, we had some lunch, and uh, and then he was like, we got to go, because March in Wales, you get like about four hours of daylight. No, you actually, you get like eight hours of daylight, that's it. So we had to go before it was going to get dark, because I did not want to walk back down that path when it was dark. And uh, so so we, we start walking, and, uh, and I did not want to leave this place. And my mood had totally changed. I was happy now. I wasn't like, well, we need it there yet anymore. And suddenly we started walking back on the path and before when I came I looked with my head down and all I could think about was just how bad the path was now my spirit had changed and I started walking with my head up and suddenly I started looking around and I realized wow the path to the beautiful beach was just as beautiful as the beach suddenly I realized that we were walking around this beautiful lake with all these lily pads on and it was called the lily ponds. Hey, go figure. And, uh, and there was all this wildlife everywhere. Herons coming down, birds of prey circling around, even fish like jumping out of the, 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 the lake. It was beautiful. And I totally missed it before because I was so consumed with thinking that this path was just an awful path to walk on. And I realized at that moment that the path to the beautiful beach was just as beautiful as the beach itself. And you know, Jesus says that he is the way, the only way to God. And sometimes when you look at the way that Jesus tells us to go, it looks like it's a horrible, dingy little path where trees are just going to fly in your, branches are going to fly in your face and thorns are going to cut you up. But that's only if you walk with your head down. If you walk with your head up, you realize that the path and the way of Jesus is just as beautiful. It is just as great as the place that Jesus is taking us to, and that is to God. See, life is a beautiful thing, and so often we miss it because we look down instead of looking up. And Jesus says, I am the way, which is the only way to actually experience God. And when we're there, Wes says, look, look up on those cliffs. He says, that's where the past would have taken us. We would have seen God, but down here, we're I mean, we would have seen the sea, but down here, we're experiencing the sea. We're connecting with the sea. And we have a much better experience than up there. We experience the sea that day. And it's the same with God. We can experience God. Jesus says, I am the way. He also says, I am the truth. The truth. Many may ask, what is truth? And in a short sentence, I'm going to tell you this. This is what I believe truth is. This is the essence of all truth. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to this earth. He lived a sinless life. And he died a terrible death for the sins of this world. So that we wouldn't have to take our punishment for our sins. Because the Bible tells us in Romans that everybody has sinned. And nobody has made the mark with God. And the punishment for that is eternal damnation. But Jesus came and took that punishment for us. He suffered a terrible death. And through that, he became the one and only pathway to God. If you want to turn with me to uh, John chapter 3. 
John chapter 3 and verse 16, it says this, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact, that God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who, hate e- all who, hate, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed." But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they are doing is what God wants them to do. Have you ever seen the show Hoarders? It kind of freaks me out. I really don't like to watch it, but it's one of those, it's like I'm watching it, I'm like one eye open. And the reason is just because like, I'm, when my house is a mess, I'm like, really I hate it I'm like we got to tidy up we got to clean up we got to clean up and uh, so the show hoarders is all about people who just have stuff upon stuff upon stuff upon stuff and uh, and basically you can hardly walk through the houses like you've got a little pathway to walk through and there's things piled up on all sides and uh, and I'm like looking at this and I'm screaming at them they, they have what happens is people come and help them they have professional people to come and clean and then you have like doctors who work with the people you know because it's kind of like an illness and it's like more of a psychological thing of why they're hoarding and uh, and this isn't just like you've got a few closets full of stuff this is like your house is like crazy and uh, and I and these people they often refuse the help and it's like a strain and a struggle to get the help. And I'm sitting there with my one eye open because I can't, I'm thinking like the smell and all that, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, you know the way it is. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm like screaming at the TV, but they're coming to help you. And I'm like, don't you realize a clean house, how wonderful and free and liberating it is? I mean, don't you like being in your house when it's clean? And, uh, and it's horrible when it's not clean. And, uh, you know, you mothers, you know, you know. And, uh, and, but this show, what happens is these people, they don't want to let anybody into their home. And the reason is, is because they realize there's something wrong and they're too embarrassed to show anybody. And so what happens because nobody comes into their home, then things get worse and worse and worse and worse. And in the same way that there's people who have those problems with hoarding, is the same way that people in this world are who are living in darkness. The Bible says that if you're not following Jesus Christ, then you're living in darkness. But people don't want to step out of the darkness. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. And you have two choices. You can walk in the light or you can walk in the darkness. But the majority of people walk in darkness. And the Bible says, and they stay in their darkness because they do not want their sins exposed. And exactly like the hoarders, I'm screaming out, I'm saying, don't you realize if you just come out of this like little cocoon of stuff that you've got, that life is to be experienced? In the same way, I look at people who do not know God. And I say, do you not realize how incredible and how wonderful life is when you have God, when you have Jesus, and when you have faith and when you have hope? But a lot of people don't like to see it. And you know, life is liberating and it's free when we follow God. And the reason for this is that God has saved us from our sins. 
He has given us a life that no longer is bound by sin. And the Bible says that sin leads to death. It's no longer bound by sin. It's no longer bound by all the different circumstances in our life. But it's a life that is free. A life that is wonderful. A life that is credible. And the truth is this. The truth is that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The truth is that Jesus is the way to God and his light will direct us to God. The truth is this, that Jesus Christ died for the sins of mankind and whoever repents and believes in him will be saved from judgment and will be granted access to walk the way of Jesus and eventually meet God the Father. I'm like, I want that way. I want that truth. Jesus is the way, the truth. And finally, Jesus is the life. The way to Jesus means that we get to live a life that is free of judgment and darkness. You know, Jesus came to this earth and he says that I have come that you may have a full and a satisfying life. It's not just a life when we all get to heaven, we all have a wonderful time, we're playing our little harps and stuff. And that isn't, that isn't what it's all about. It's about right here, right now, experiencing God and experiencing life to its fullest. And life to its fullest doesn't mean that you have all the stuff like the hoarders or you have wonderful houses and cars. It means experiencing life the way that God intended you to experience life. And that is free from sin and that is free from what we call condemnation. So the way of Jesus is the only way to live. And let me just finally just tell you what the way of Jesus is all about. What is the life of Jesus? In Romans chapter 8 it says this. Verses 1 and 2 it says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. No condemnation. That means you won't be judged. You're kind of off, off trial. Jesus has taken the punishment for us. And then in Romans 8, verse 28, it says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So anything that goes on in your life, whether bad or good, God, if you walk the way of Jesus, will work those things for your good. And then this, verse 31, right to the end of the chapter of Romans 8. He says this, what should we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up for us all, won't he also give up everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? And God has chosen you today. No one, for Jesus Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from God's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or if we are persecuted or if we're hungry, if we're destitute or if we're in danger? Say for your sake, we are killed every day being slaughtered like sheep. He says this, no, despite all these things, despite calamity and trouble and persecution and hunger and maybe we can't meet our bills that this week or our kids are, are causing us problems or we have relational issues. Despite all that, 
overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And then finally it says this. Now I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Even the powers of hell can separate us. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. The life of Jesus is easy to understand. If you follow Jesus, it means you will never be separated from God. No matter what happens in your life, you will never be separated from God. God will be by your side totally. We no longer have to search for God, wonder where God is. We no longer have to be alone in this life. But we have a life that is full and is connected with God. Have you ever sat maybe on a beach or a nice place and you sat back and you're like, this is the life. Well, I tell you, the life of Jesus is just like that. If you walk the way of Jesus, that pathway, it may be narrow, you walk And you say, this is the life. This is the life. And I can testify that I say that. It doesn't mean that problems don't come because they do. But you know that this is the way, this is the life. And so the way of Jesus is the only way to live. And the only thing that Jesus asks us to do is to step out of darkness, to walk in his light and commit ourselves to walk in his way. And this is the promise that you'll get. The promise is this, that you will receive a full and a satisfying life where God will work the bad out eventually for your good. He promises this, that you will no longer have to walk in shame, but you will be free from your shame, your insecurities, your past, your circumstances, your worries about today and your worries about tomorrow. You no longer have to walk in those And then finally, you will never be separated from a loving God, but for eternity, you will experience him and not just see him. You see, there's many paths that will lead you to God. Many paths, well, every path will one day see God. However, there is only one path where you will experience God and you will be connected with God. Only one path will lead you to a life that God purposed for you when he formed you in your mother's womb. And that is the way of Jesus. For Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's pray. You may be in this place today and I'm just going to throw this out. You may not know Jesus Christ in your life. You may not know the way of Jesus. You may have tried to walk all those different ways. You may have got out of the parking lot and, and walked and you, you may see God and see God at work, but you're not experiencing God. Jesus says, come, follow my way, follow my light. And if you follow my light, I will give you life. I'll give you a hope for today, strength for tomorrow. If you just follow my way. And if that's you today, I want you to pray this one prayer. I'm not going to ask you to do anything publicly or anything, but I'm going to ask you to pray this one prayer. Just say, God, help me to step out of my own darkness into your light.
if you step out of my out of, and if you step out of that darkness into your light God will come and he will show you the way and he will ask you to commit to his way and that's this that's living a life where God is first in your life that's living a life where the truths of Jesus are paramount to your life but he says that's the only way that you can live this life that's the only way that you can experience God and connect with God but if you do that I will give you a life that is full and satisfying so just right where you are right now pray a little prayer there's also some of you you're walking that path you're walking that narrow way and you're having the trees in your face you're having the thorns that are, that are bruising you and you are just complaining about this life you're like the way of Jesus is just way too hard I challenge you today don't look down look up and look how beautiful this life is look how wonderful and incredible this life and the way that Jesus has brought you really is because you're not just going to experience God you're going to experience Jesus along the way. And I encourage you, just pray and say, God, help me to look up. Help me not to look down, but help me to look up. And you do that and God will come and he'll show the beauty of his life. So just in this moment, just between you and God, it's a private issue.